so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. God is a holy God, and He is serious about us walking in holiness. Without holiness, no one can see the Lord. The Bible says, woe to those who isolate themselves or who don't have anyone there to pick them up when they fall down. The gospel hope is that we believe in a God who is engaged with His Son. I have had to come to terms with the fact that I live in a broken world and I live in a broken body. What if the one thing that we're praying for God to take away is the one thing He's using to make us more like Jesus? Welcome to the ERLC podcast. We are doing a series called How to Handle. We're going to be tackling some tough issues we see in the news, and we want to equip the church and also care for people. So today with Courtney Reisig, and she is a author, mom of four boys, and a good friend. I am really excited to have her. So thanks for joining us, Courtney. Thanks for having me. We're just going to dive in. We're going to talk about something that I think is um, really important and something that people struggle with and battle with, but don't always talk about, and that's postpartum depression. So why do you think this topic is important? Why is it important to you? Well, it's important to me because I have firsthand experience with it. So obviously things are important to us if we've experienced them. I I'm fairly certain looking back, I've had postpartum depression with all of my children. And so I have twins who are four and a half and I have a two-year-old and then I have a a three-month-old. So I have experienced it after every pregnancy. And so it matters to me because I lived it. I have lived it. Um, In many ways, I'm kind of living it now. And I, I, I don't think I'm the only one. And so as I've gotten to know other women in the same season of life as me and even women who are beyond childbearing years, but who have gone through it. It's important to me because I think many women suffer alone. Many women don't understand that they have it either. So I think for me, I just didn't even have a category for it and thought I was losing my mind. Sure. Sure. So it matters to me because people matter to me. So, um, and I want people to be encouraged that they're not alone um, and the feelings of darkness that they might feel after having a baby. Could you tell us some of the symptoms? You just said that you um, felt like you were losing your mind. So maybe Mm -hmm. there's someone who has just had a baby and they look Mm -hmm. and they think to themselves, I should be thrilled. I just had a child, but yet they're struggling with despondency, et cetera. So what are some of the symptoms that you experienced? And obviously 
we aren't going to in 20 minutes be able to fully sure. cover this topic as it needs to be covered. And this is when I would invite people to visit our website at the ERLC okay. at ERLC.com because we're not going to be able to touch every aspect of it. But what are some of the um, symptoms that you have had? Yeah. So I think first I would say I'm not a practitioner, so I've not, right. I don't have medical experience in this and I don't, all I know is my own experience and then also the experience of, of other women and friends. And one of the things that made me think that I didn't have postpartum depression was that when you Google postpartum depression, it will say all these things like can't get out of bed, um, want to harm your baby, want to harm yourself. And, and I'll, I mean, I'll admit there are times where I, I personally didn't want to live any longer, sure. um, but I wasn't to the point where I was going to do something about it. So I would read some of those things and I think, well, I get out of bed every morning and I, I don't really want to harm my babies. So I must not have postpartum depression. And so I think Googling symptoms that, is, I mean, never doesn't typically work right. for anybody. Right. Um, so I, that was probably the, the thing that confused me the most. Um, uh, one of the things for me was um, just feeling really, really sad. Uh, another one that's a really big marker is just feelings of anxiety. Hmm. And so one of the things that my, um, I, I, my OB is a believer, which is such a blessing. And he told me after my fourth child was born is that I would, I was telling him, like, I just, I, I want to feel connected to him. I want to feel um, happy. I should feel happy. I just had a baby. And we have these notions that you should, like you were saying, you should yeah. feel happy. And we have these, we've put motherhood on this pedestal, like mm. it's the greatest thing you could ever experience. And the reality is for a lot of women, even if they don't have postpartum depression, what my OB was saying helpfully is we just took out your placenta. Your placenta is carrying so many hormones and we just put your whole body out of whack. Mm. Hormones are real. They're right. not they're, they do really good things and they do really bad things. And he helpfully encouraged me that he's like, I could bring every woman I know who comes in here and, and struggles with postpartum depression or some form of anxiety after the baby is born does the same thing. They feel guilty over it. And he's like, you don't need to feel guilty. We took your placenta out. You should feel these are normal feelings of, of what would happen when your hormones are all out of whack. And so he, he, tr he helpfully was trying to relieve my feelings of guilt yeah, that's over helpful. the fact that I didn't feel more elated that I had had a baby. So my situation was more, um, it was a more traumatic birth than how he was born. And so there were other things that were playing into that, that made me feel not connected and feel really sad. But I have felt that way after every baby, um, of when my baby has been born. And so one of the things too, there's a distinction is that there, there's what they call baby blues, and then there's also postpartum depression. So baby blues would be anything that, like the first few weeks, like first three or four weeks after your baby's born, just typical hormone imbalances would make you kind of feel sad. A lot of women feel pretty sad in those first four weeks. Sure. You're sleep deprived, your hormones are out of whack. And so that's normal. Postpartum depression would be anything that goes beyond that. That's um, a good distinction. And so... I'm sorry, go ahead. That, well, I, I just said that's a really good distinction to make um, so that people yeah. understand the difference between just a general sadness and an actual um, diagnosis of um, depression. So that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and then for me with the way mine kind of manifests is mine doesn't often show up until like three, four months after. 
And so, or it didn't with my other three kids. And so I have a friend who is a psychologist and I remember asking him after I'd had, after I'd gotten past the baby stage with all of them. And I said, can postpartum depression like show up like four five, six months in? And he said, anytime within that first year, um, it can, especially if you're breastfeeding. So there's hormones associated with breastfeeding too, right? So the hormones are what make you continue to produce breast milk. And so there's a whole host of things happening there. I think we think as women that once the baby's out, we should just get back to normal. Right. And that's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> you just went through a really intense experience of creating life. And mm. then the baby is taken out of you. They take out your placenta and then your, your body's trying to heal. It's um, if you're breastfeeding, you're trying to continue to sustain that life. And so I think sometimes we have a lot of unrealistic expectations of ourselves and of each other that yeah. we somehow are supposed to be back to normal within a couple of weeks after the baby's born. Mm. Yeah. You've said a lot of really important things. One of the things that I just want to note again is neither of us are practitioners, neither of us no. are physicians, and we're not um, certified biblical counselors. So I no. would encourage anyone who's listening in and you're experiencing any of this to see your doctor, um, see a counselor yeah. to make sure that you're taking action. And this is very good for us to discuss, but... Uh, go beyond just listening to this podcast because yes. neither of us are practitioners, but we both have a real heart for this topic and for you who are listening. Which brings us to the next question. Why is it important for the church to consider, to be thinking about this? Well, I think women are a part of the church. Right. So if it affects people in your congregation, if women are in your congregation, then it's likely affecting people in your church. And so um, women matter to God. And so I think that this is an issue that impacts a lot of women. Um, and it doesn't just impact women, it impacts husbands and children. And so um, as much as we should care about the various issues that people are facing, this is just one of those issues. I think one of the reasons why churches should care about it is because for we have this tendency to not want to talk about things that are related to the brain or emotions or yeah. hormones. And so we we can brush sadness aside as as just something that the Bible needs to fix. And the Bible does speak to these things. The Bible does speak to our emotions. Um, but the Bible also speaks to the fact that we live in a broken and fallen world. And so one of the things that for me has, has I've been very shaped by my pregnancies and so, um, and my deliveries of my babies. And so I have had to come to terms with the fact that I live in a broken world and I live in a broken body. And the church needs to care about that because all of us are living in broken bodies and all of us are facing the realities of a fallen world in in a variety of ways. We can hold the tension of the beauty of bringing life into the world and the brokenness that comes along with that and help our the people in our congregations to have a proper theology of life in a fallen world and helping them to come to terms with those things. So much disappointment is wrapped up in postpartum depression. So much feelings of guilt is wrapped up in postpartum depression and just birth in general. And women are walking around with these heavy loads and heavy burdens that they do not need to carry on their own. Um, And so from the pulpit, from our Bible studies, from our community groups, from our discipleship relationships, we need to be 
presenting a holistic understanding of what it means to live in broken bodies and in a broken world, and then give the hope of redemption. So one day my body's not going to be broken. One day it's going to be restored. And that can feel really discouraging when you're in the middle of it. Like I want it restored now. Yeah. Um, but also we need to hold that out for our people. But then I think also the church needs to understand when they can't handle the, the care any longer. So there are people who are, like you've said, certified um, in counseling and, and are, are practitioners who are trained to handle these things. Right. And we need to understand when we can't handle it any longer to care for, for one another. But then I think also the church needs to be aware that um, our church has a lot of pregnant women. Our church has a lot of new moms. And being aware that this is a, this is a possibility for a lot of our women so that we can invest in them and, and check up on them and care about them and walk with them through it so they don't feel so alone when these feelings of depression and sadness and anxiety arise in their um, early stages of motherhood. That is excellent. And one of the ways I think we can help encourage someone who might be listening is to encourage them to speak up. I think yes. you mentioned yes. at the very beginning of our conversation that people often struggle alone. They're not talking about mm-hmm. it. And so how can we have gospel environments so that people feel comfortable talking about it? Or what do you think it is? Why don't people talk about this? I think, one, I think there's, especially regarding motherhood, we've, motherhood is a, is a great gift and it's a great responsibility that the Lord has given to um, to those who are who bring life into the world and those who adopt children and those who care for children. Um, and so I think we have elevated it so high and we've made it so, we've talked about it so in such glorious ways because mm-hmm. the world doesn't honor it in ways that we want and we, we believe that the Bible does, that we have not allowed room for the brokenness of this world. And so we're afraid to talk about that I don't feel bonded with my baby or I don't really love it. Like I thought I was going to, or I'm really exhausted or I was angry with my kids or I yelled at them or I feel like I made a mistake in having children or, and so when we don't talk about those things, we can just feel like we're suffering silently because we feel like we, we have this social media world that only paints a picture of the, the good. Um, and then we're like, well, my life doesn't look like that or I don't feel like that. Um, I think sometimes there's this, we want people to think that we love the good gift as much as we feel like we're supposed to. And then there's these two extremes, right? There's this extreme of people who say like, well, I'm a mom fail and I hate it all. And we're going to talk about it terribly all the time, you know? And so I just think that there's a middle, middle road and uh, a middle ground that we need to be, that we have to, um, be holding as believers. And so, there's, there's, it's never, it's never either or. It's never as black and white as we tend to think it is. So I think there's a lot of shame associated with talking about that you don't feel as great as you think you should. Yeah, I think you're right. And relationships sound like they're really important to this conversation. Um, oh my gosh, yes, yeah, absolutely. So in order to communicate with people, uh, you need to have relationships, and and relationships. I know that whenever I've struggled, it it's a gift. It's such a gift to have 
mm-hmm. friends and um, pastors who I know who love me mm-hmm. and like your doctor practitioners who love me. And I yes. am able to communicate openly and honestly. So relationships are essential to our struggle. Yes. And and God, he never intended for us to live on an island or he. No. we need to be in community with other people. And the church is really, I think, essential in helping women with this topic so that they can lean in and lean on one another. How might you encourage someone listening who is struggling? So right now they're listening and they're saying, yes, that's me. Maybe they are unable to get out of bed. Um, They're struggling and they just need some encouragement. How would you encourage them? First, I would tell them that they they are not alone. And so they might even be physically alone. So they might not have a husband who understands. They might not have sure. uh, a church who understands. They might not have anyone in their life who understands. But God does. And that is often what I have to keep coming back to, is that God is not surprised. And so God, um, one of the verses that I have memorized with my boys that has that has actually been more helpful to me, is that from heaven the Lord looks down and sees all of mankind in Psalm 33, 13. And that's true of me. So from heaven, God is looking down and seeing me. I am part of mankind. And so he's not surprised by how I'm feeling and he's not, he is not far off. So I, I, I don't often feel that he is near. Like I, I'll be the first to admit, I, I do not feel like he is near. I feel like he has forgotten me, but the Bible is true and God doesn't change. And so that would be the first thing I'd want them to just remember those things. If you, even if you can't open your Bible, try to remember who he is. Um, but we are not just spiritual beings, we're physical beings too. And so, um, so much of postpartum depression is a physical component of, of the reality of giving birth. And so I would say, please get help. Please talk to somebody, um, whether it is your OBGYN, whether it is a counselor, whether it is your pastor or women's ministry leader. Um, This is why it's so important to have women in leadership in a church because I had a friend come to me and talk to me about it and she, she was weighing who to talk to. And she thought, well, Courtney's had a baby. And so I thought maybe I could go to her. Um, This is why it's so important to have women to go to, because even if you've not struggled with postpartum depression, you're a woman, like, you know, so um, it feels safer for a lot of women. So I would say get help, talk about it. There's so much evil that Satan can do in the dark when we don't talk about it. When we bring things into the light, we find that we're not alone. We find that we have help. We find that, that darkness doesn't win. Darkness wants to live in, in, our, in isolation in our own heads. That's very good. Um, and so I would say get help. That's very good. The Lord, he provides um, comfort and help through people. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that, and through his word. And so I, I yes. think both are so important and I'm so glad that yeah. you um, shared both, both the need for himself to know him, to, to run to his word, to run to him in prayer and also the need for people. So thank you so much, Courtney. I'm so grateful for your humility, for your honesty and for your love for people um, and how God has given you the platform, if you will, to comfort with the comfort that you've received from Christ. And so I, um, I've i watched you write and read your, your, your work, and I have been encouraged by the way that the Lord has enabled you to comfort others 
as you have been comforted through him. How can people find you? Well, I, um, I'm on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your website? What's your blog? <laughs> my, uh, my, my blog is CourtneyRysick.com. So Perfect. I blog there sometimes too. Okay. So I'm kind of like a, so I'm trying, I'm sporadic, but I, no uh, worries. I blog there and I ha- I'm on Twitter. It's just my name. Okay, perfect. So, well, if you want to learn yeah. more about Courtney and her books, you can go there. She may not update much, but you can find her there and learn more yeah. about what she's doing and her books. And so, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to the ERLC podcast. My name is Trillia Newbell. I'm the Director of Community Outreach, and we are doing a special series called How to Handle. Stay tuned for the next few weeks as we continue this series. Mm-hmm.